He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The texts that call for our attention this Lord's Day are essentially all of our texts that we read for today, but focusing in specifically on John chapter 10 and these words of Jesus. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Imagine one night that you fell asleep on the couch while you were watching television. And for sure, for some of you, that won't be too hard to imagine. But imagine then you woke up. And when you woke up, there was an infomercial playing on the television. And imagine the very second you woke up, the pitchman there on television was telling you that he could give you an abundant life if you just took advantage of his offer. What would come to mind when you heard that phrase, abundant life? What would that man be promising to you? What would that look like in everyday life? What would it mean that you have access to? If we're honest, I suppose each of us have a pretty quick answer in our minds to that question, though the specifics for every person would no doubt be quite different. For some, it might be a life where leisure is able to be enjoyed at any time with family and friends. For others, it might be such a level of career and financial success that one never has to worry again about finances. For others, it might be having easy access to the best of everything this world has to offer. Jesus was, of course, no pitchman. And his speeches should never be thought of as an infomercial. But he did say that he would give those who listened to him an abundant life. But surely he did not mean the kind of abundant life that you and I might think of when we hear the word abundant in life put together. For you must realize this, that for many of those who followed Jesus, and certainly for the apostles, they did not have a life of leisure, always surrounded by family and friends. They did not have access to everything that the world had to offer, and certainly not to the best of everything the world had to offer. And they didn't, most of them at least as far as we know, ever have enough money where they didn't think they needed to worry about it anymore. So either Jesus, the good shepherd, lied about providing an abundant life for his sheep, or the abundant life that he was promising is simply not what we think of when we hear that term. So if that second part is true, that the abundant life he is speaking about is not what we think of, well, then we must ask, what is the abundant life that Jesus won for us by laying down his life and then picking it back up again? What is the abundant life that he gave to you on the day of your baptism? What is the abundant life that is given to all of his sheep? Well, one description of this life is found in Psalm 23, our psalm for today. Psalm 23, while it is comforting, is not exactly a picture of abundance in the way that you and I would think of it, though. The shepherd leads his flock to needful things, but not necessarily to truly extravagant things. He leads them beside still waters and into pastures that are green where they can eat. 
He provides them rest and protection. Maybe the only obvious sign of abundance is the talk of oil being poured over the head as the feast is served. But even that's not necessarily way over the top. In fact, the last verse of that hymn might well summarize what the abundant life is that the Good Shepherd gives. David, the shepherd psalmist there, says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What if the abundant life that Jesus has promised to you is simply to have God's goodness and mercy and to be able to dwell with his people in his house forever? Our reading from Acts sure seems to suggest that this was the abundant life. How is their life there together described? Well, they have the apostles' words, which they are dedicated to. They have fellowship with one another. They celebrate the Lord's Supper and they gather together to pray prayers. Because they share a heavenly father, they recognize that they are family. And since they're family, they provide for one another, especially when there is a need There were some who were selling possessions in order that someone else's need might be met. They all ended up having the daily bread they needed in one way or another, and they gave thanks to God for it. Oh, there is a little touch of abundance there in Acts 2, of course. There were those signs and wonders that the apostles did, but the basics of their life were quite simple. And amazingly, though, that simple life that they had was abundant enough that other people wanted to share in it. Those outside of the church actually wanted to become part of the church, to share in that life. And by God's grace, they were included. God preserved and enlarged his kingdom day by day. Much of the conversation in our world about the pandemic has shifted in this last week or so, shifted from merely talk about the disease itself and its nature and its spread to also talking about what our chosen responses to it means for everyone's well-being. Both of these topics, no doubt, are ones that people are very invested in and they get very emotional when talking about For after all, if there are two things we as humans value, it is our health and our wealth. What if the abundant life that Jesus spoke about is much more simple than having abundant health or wealth? What if it's not focused on those ideas like we are focused on them? What if the life that Jesus died and rose to give you, consist mostly of these things. That you know the truth because you have the apostles' words, their teaching. That you have a spiritual family to share fellowship with and to pray with and to help provide for you in time of need. That you have access to the Lord's Supper and that you pray with your fellow believers each week. What if the abundant life is about having a father who has welcomed you into his family and provides for you there, not the abundance of things you think you need, but an abundance of the things you need most? Or to go back into the language of Psalm 23 or John 10, 
What if it is about you having a good shepherd that leads you beside still waters and into green pastures, who allows you to dwell in his house forever, receiving his goodness and mercy? I know some of you, maybe many of you, are very concerned right now about the plans you had made for your future. Some of you are wondering, will you ever be able to get out of that apartment and be in a house of your own? Others of you are wondering, will you be able to take all those trips that your family had planned that you thought would be on the highlight reel of things you got to do on planet Earth? Others of you are wondering, Will you be able to buy those things you plan to enjoy, to do those hobbies that you wanted to do when you finally made it to retirement? As I said, in Psalm 23, there is a little talk of abundant feasting at the end. In Acts 2, there are those signs and those miracles done by the apostles. So I'm not here to tell you today that God won't grant you some of the most extravagant things in life that you desire as well. But I am here to tell you that that is not the substance of the abundant life that you have been given. The life that he gives is possible, even if the financial security we have become so accustomed to all crumbles away. Many of your brothers and sisters in the faith enjoy this abundant life in situations where you would consider them to live in abject poverty. So if you think that this life is all about the type of abundance that the pitch man might try to sell you on television, well, then you need to repent. If you are not content with a place in the house of the Lord forever where you receive his goodness and mercy and share it together with his people, well, then you need to repent. If you are not content with receiving your daily bread, what you need for your body and what you need for your soul every day, you need to repent. And let's be clear and honest. None of us, if we are going to be real, are content with those things on your average day. At least we're not content if that is all that we have. And so all of us need to repent. Our lack of contentment with those things shows that we do not understand the abundance that is present in those things. We do not understand that to have those things is not just to have some sort of meager life, but it is to have the very abundant life that Jesus earned through his death and resurrection. What I am saying to you today is this. If you have just those things, then you have an abundance that the unbelieving world can't even imagine happening. If they understood what we have, well, they would want it as well. So perhaps we better stop whining about what we don't have or what we might not have in the future and instead start telling people about the abundance of what we have right now. For God's goodness and mercy means that you don't need to try to justify your thoughts this day about what real abundance looks like. Just confess that they are not in line with what Jesus talks about when he speaks about the abundant life. Yes, confess your sins to him. And you know what you'll receive, right? You guessed it. The abundant life that Jesus has promised. The abundance that he earned for you on the cross that he earned by laying down his life there 
and then picking it back up again. As you confess, it is yours again this day. You are welcomed back into the flock, back into the family, where you receive God's goodness and his mercy forevermore. That is the abundant life you need, and that is the one you have in Jesus. Amen. Then may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.